Okay, we'd like to welcome you to our Bible and Current Events Study for September 9th, 2007. And today we're going to do a teaching, again, on the North American superstate. Some breaking developments here that uh, we're going to show you how this all relates to the Bible as well. That's the, that's the most important thing that we're going to be doing. Uh, I received an article this week from David Bay of Cutting Edge. It was entitled, North American Superstate Continues to Evolve in Front of Our Eyes. And he's, he's admonishing people, if they don't understand, in regard to this, this North American Union that we're moving into right now, this started really back um, in the 90s, actually more even in the early 90s, when NAFTA came about. Uh, they've got a whole article up here entitled, NAFTA, The Shocking Rest of the Story. And this explains how NAFTA is part of a, ten, uh, part of a global plan to reorganize the world into ten supernation states, of which NAFTA is one. Uh, and this plan fulfills Daniel 7, 7 and 8, and 23 through 25, and sets the stage for the fulfillment of Revelation 17, 12 through 17. And I think we, before we start, we should read those verses, so we can kind of understand that this is just purely fulfillment of biblical uh, prophecy. Okay, so the first verses we'll start with will be Daniel 7, 7 and 8, and then we'll go to 23 through 25 in that same chapter. So Daniel 7, 7 says, After this I saw the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful, terrible, and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth, it devoured and break in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up from among them a little horn, before whom... There were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots, and behold, in the horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. Now this is in reference to the Antichrist, this little horn. But notice that it, re it gave reference to the ten horns in um, verse 7. Uh, a good point that we would look at here is this Roman world empire has never really been destroyed, uh, as the three others that it mentioned previously were. And this will not be destroyed until Jesus comes back. And um, it's just kind of an interesting point there. So if we go to verse then 23, it says, Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down, and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of the kingdom are the ten kings that shall arise, and another shall arise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first and he shall subdue three kings. So the another would be the Antichrist who's going to subdue three of the kings of, these, um, of, of the ten horns. And then it says, And he shall speak great words, again this is in reference to the Antichrist, against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. Well, we're seeing a lot of that right now with what we're going to be talking about today, like the North American Union. They're trying to change times and laws. They're trying to call evil good and good evil. Uh, they're trying to impose an evil will upon the whole planet. The rule of the very, very few in the elite who are controlled by Satan are trying to impose their will on the masses on earth. That's where we're at. The Bible predicts it's going to happen. So, these types of things don't really discourage me. Um, a lot of... Um, Ministries won't touch issues like this. They're just telling you oh, it's, everything's going to get better and better and better. Nothing's going to, nothing bad's going to happen. And this is uh, very, very common in what they call the dominionist theology, which is uh, pretty large right now in many of the uh, 
apostate circles, where they believe essentially that we're just going, we as a Christian body are going to usher in the kingdom. We're going to, we're going to actually do this, and um, we're going to set up the kingdom for Jesus Christ, and it's all about the man doing it, not Jesus Christ actually coming back and intervening and doing this. So, um, it says he's going to change times and laws, and, uh, and they shall be given into his hands. So, the Antichrist is going to have it his way for a while. Okay, the Bible clearly predicts that. doesn't mean we should just lay down and give up fighting at all. Okay, we want to keep fighting no matter what happens. Um, and uh, I, the Lord always, through every single dispensation, through anything that has ever happened, He has always preserved a remnant. Always. Okay, so uh, we always need to have that hope within us too. The Bible says, pray that you are counted. In fact, Jesus Christ said this in the Gospels. He says, pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this earth when he, when he was in reference to the end times. So this is something that we can be praying for our own self and our families and those around us that are Christians that we are counted worthy to escape all the things that are coming on the earth. Um, now if we go to Revelation 17 verse 12 <laughs> Revelation 17, verse 12. What? What, Taylor? Okay, so Revelation 17, verse 12. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings. Now here we go all the way to the book of Revelation, basically saying the same thing. This is the fulfillment of the end times that was first predicted in Daniel. Okay? So, and the ten horns <clears throat> which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. So what's going to come across, what's going to come along pretty, pretty likely is that when the Antichrist um, gets into this position, you know, this is going to happen very, very quickly. Okay, it says in one hour. Now I guarantee you that there's going to have to be some cataclysmic event that precipitates this. It's not just going to happen for no reason. Most likely, I believe the possible scenario for this is a World War III scenario in the Middle East, in which the Antichrist will come at the end as the man of peace, like they said he's going to come. He's going to appear as the one world leader that can finally straighten out all of our problems, make the Jews get along with the Muslims, and everybody's going to be one big happy family, as long as you played his way. And essentially, that's most likely the scenario where the Antichrist is going to come into power. Okay, Maybe wrong, but I think it's the most plausible. <clears throat> but it says here, "...and receive power as kings one hour with the beast." These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. He shall make war with the Lamb, and, and essentially the Lamb of God. And the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is the Lord of lords and King of kings. This was like the Lamb of God, the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, Jesus Christ, is what we're in reference to here. Lord of lords, King of kings, that's just further confirmation. And they that are with him are called chosen and faithful. Okay, that's why faith is so important, because the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. And the Bible also says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so a lot of times people say, well, I know, but I don't feel like my faith is great enough. Um, the Bible says, if you want to increase your faith, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So that's how we have, we actually appropriate more faith, Hearing the word of God. Probably the best way to do it would actually be to actually sit down, read the King James Bible out loud, because you're actually hearing it. 
Because it says faith going by hearing. Not to say you can't read it and garner faith, but I'm saying if you're actually reading it and speaking it, you're speaking it, you're hearing it, and you're reading it. You're, you're using three different senses when you do it that way. So I think there's a, there's a greater dynamic that takes place uh, when you do that. So if we go further, verse 15. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whores sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And the ten whores which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and agree, and give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city, that reigneth over the kings of the earth. Okay, and there's, we can speculate a lot on that. I, I don't really have time to get into that particular part today. But that kind of sets the stage for what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to go back to the story now. And uh, finally remember that NAFTA was originally formed in 1993 as an economic union. The steps that we are seeing here are now steps to move into an already existent NAFTA into a political nation. Even though the presidents of the United States and Mexico and the Prime Minister of Canada denied several weeks ago that the purpose of their annual meeting is to create a NAFTA superstate, or really a North American Union is what they're referring to it now as, evidence continues to pile up that NAFTA is indeed coming together rapidly. And again, it's the North American Union. They, they had this meeting recently in um, Canada, and... You know, when questioned about this, when Bush was questioned, when all these politicians and all these presidents of Canada and Mexico were questioned about this, they all denied this. They're, they're just, they're, they're total liars, these men. They denied everything, as though nothing is happening, and there's all this evidence to the contrary. And we're going to talk about a lot of this evidence today. And it's almost as though they believe... The sheeple are so dumbed down at this point that they have carte blanche, they can lie to them, they can say whatever they want, it doesn't matter because whatever they say they're going to buy, essentially. Because they have nightly media to back them up, they also know that this stuff isn't gonna, is not going to get out into the mainstream news because all the mainstream news media outlets are owned by the, by the powers to lead anyway. So they're not going to release anything that's not going to um, promote their agenda. So... But they're getting so brazen, I guess, is the point of this thing. So flagrantly brazen. We go back to this. It says, once again, we are faced with the reality that our national leaders lie to us continuously. Truly, the, truly the old salesman joke applies to virtually all the national leaders. Question, how do you know when a salesman is lying to you? Answer, when his lips are moving. Okay, so this is exactly the, the, the scenario that we're in today here. We shall focus on three factors which demonstrate beyond a shadow of a doubt that this super state is coming together. Here's what we're going to talk about. The new North, America, North Carolina driver's license featuring a NAFTA or North American Union logo. The new Amero coins bearing the North American Union image. Now these are actual coins that have been minted. Okay? But remember, none of this is going to happen. According to the, according to the guys up top, Number third thing we're going to talk about, the Mexican truck drivers are now coming across into the American borders, and that's been effective today. Now, they're also building this, this NAFTA superhighway that's going right up through, essentially, the, uh, the middle of the country, dividing it. And that's well documented. That's being built. It, it, it's there. Um, in fact, they just had a special on um, the news the other night where 
you remember where Waco was when they had the big Waco disaster with David Koresh? That NAFTA superhighway is slated to go right over top of that. So it's going to be, the, the guy, the, the, there's, there's new people in there now. And they're basically saying, the, the leader of them is basically saying, yeah, well, if we have to do what we did last time, we'll do it again. In other words, if you want to come in here and bulldoze this thing down, it's going to be another fire barrage. You're going to have to burn us out. So it was, it was right on regular news the other night. They were, like, they weren't trying to hide it. So this is what's so crazy about all this. You have one, particularly Bush, is just basically denying any of this is going to happen. And yet, on the other side, there's all these things that are being done, legislation that's being passed, all these things that are happening that aren't anybody's imagination. And yet, they're still, they're still denying it. This is what's so unbelievable about the whole thing. But, like the Bible talks about, thereof, when Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and the Sadducees, said, you're of your father, the devil. Who's the, the devil? He's the father of lies. That's what the Bible refers to him as one of his titles. He's the father of lies. And it says, of his works ye will do. So, if your father's the devil, then of his works you're going to do. Which is one of the, one of the chief components of somebody that is, that is of the devil, is they're deceitful, they're liars. And this is what we're talking about here. Now, this North Carolina driver's license, uh, this actually, there's a picture here of the, of the back. Uh, this is from David Bay. I just received a phone call from a dear friend who lives in North Carolina. His dad had just renewed his driver's license and was shocked to see that it bore an image of the entire North American continent. Okay? Of which... Of course, is NAFTA, or, or in essence, the North American Union. I mean, you, I'm looking at this picture here, and it's got Mexico, it's got the whole, the whole North American continent on here. Canada, you know. Now, this is on a North Carolina driver's license. It's a little bit unusual. Um, the picture here has NC, NC at each corner, and then it has basically a globe. And within the globe, you're seeing America, um, uh, the whole North American uh, continent there. Now, this is from World Daily Net, from Jerome Corsi. This is just September 6th, and it was entitled, North American Union Driver's License Created. This logo is intended to standardize documentation across the continent. The first North American Union driver's license, complete with a hologram of the continent on the reverse, has been created in North Carolina. The North Carolina driver's license is the North American Union, is North American Union ready, charges William Gein, president of Americans for, for legal immigration. Okay, Many conservative Americans believe that the average citizen will never accept this merger, but I believe that the gradual implementation of the North American Union agenda will occur very quietly, as the North Carolina driver's license exemplifies. You will see the Illuminati believes in the wholeheartedly in the principle of gradualism, which means that people can be induced to accept controversial change if the change occurs in small baby steps rather than one big step. Okay? And it's, I've used this analogy before. If you put a frog in lukewarm water and you told, slowly turn it up to a, roiling, a, boiling, a rolling boil, basically what ends up happening is the frog will die that way because he doesn't perceive, as it's because it's so gradual, he doesn't perceive the temperature increase. Now, if you threw a frog into boiling water, which would be, in essence, an example of a radical shift all overnight, the frog would jump out in time okay, to save himself. But when you do it the other way, he'll typically die in the water. 
So this is what our own government is doing to us, unfortunately. And again, the Bible predicts this is going to happen. This is why, you know, you turn on and, and you, you, you see these prosperity preachers and they're not talking about any of this stuff. And they're acting as though, you know, we're, everything's going to get better in these types of things so much of the time. Or they're focusing on things that are carnal or feeding the God of self. And it's like, you know, it's just unbelievable to me. They're not preparing their congregations whatsoever to deal with these issues that are going to be uh, on us very quickly and are on us right now. And the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. So if a person has a big, gigantic ministry, and they're essentially a hireling, which is the, the case the most of the time, I can't imagine the price that they're going to have to pay when this life is over, because they've been given much. They have the opportunity to reach a lot of people, yet they're not. They're, they're basically squandering that. Um, and again, the reason they got there is probably because they did pursue the lukewarm path, unfortunately. So if we go further, it says the rollout of the NAFTA image on the driver's licenses across this country is a great example of the principle of gradualism. Yeah, we'll just put it on one license in North Carolina, and we'll see how it goes. We'll see what the sheeple people say. If the sheeple people don't react too violently, then we as the Illuminati know that we can basically push our draconian agendas even further. Okay, and when I say the Illuminati, I'm, I'm particularly in reference to the ruling elite of the planet. Okay, the, the people that Satan has basically, and God's on the throne, the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne, he's let all this happen, the Bible predicts it, it was going to happen, but Satan is the prince and the power of the air. Satan took Jesus up to a high point and says, you know, bow down and worship me and I will give you all these kingdoms. He has this type of power, okay, and the thing is, is we have to understand that, that Satan has given the power that he has to the elitists at the very, very top of the food chain. They're doing his bidding. Okay? And this is what we refer to when we're in reference to the Illuminati. Okay? These are the people that typically will control politicians. Okay? Presidents and things of this nature are usually figureheads that are actually being controlled by higher-ups. Okay? Satan being at the very, very top of the food chain. Okay? So, this hologram looks exactly like the map of the North, North America. And that is used as a background for the security and prosperity partnership of the North America. Now, this was the conference that was just held up in Canada where Bush and all the guys up there, I can't remember all their names, but they're all in total denial. Oh, no, 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 this isn't going to happen in the North American Union. Oh, that's just craziness. You know, they were laughing about it and, and um, being very tongue-in-cheek about it. But it was the security and prosperity uh, partnership of North America where the conference, where they talked about this stuff. Now, this Gein guy, he's the guy for the um, legal immigration. Gein told World Daily Net, I object to the loss of sovereignty that is proceeding under the agreements being made by these unelected government bureaucrats who think we should be in North America, who think we should be North American instead of the United States of America. In other words, we're going to be one big super state. Okay. At this point, I must reiterate what I said above. The loss of national sovereignty occurred in 1993 when President Clinton joined forces with Skull and Bones, former President George H. Bush. Now, I don't know if you know this, but, but George H. Bush and his son, George W., who's our president, there were members uh, and are members of the Skull and Bones Society, okay, which is an elite society out of Yale. It is by just, you know, 
coincidentally enough, uh, basically the majority of the uh, presidents in the last, I don't know, 50, 100 years have been Skull and Bones members. Okay, This tiny little elitist fraternity in Yale has turned out essentially the majority of our presidents in the last, I don't know, 50 to 100 years. Okay, That sounds like a conspiracy to me. And the, the thing is, is the skull and bones is like the Freemasons on steroids, okay? They basically take their initiation by laying them in a coffin naked, and they have to tell all of their, uh, all of their sexual liaisons they've ever done, which is all documented and categorized, tie a ribbon around their genitals and make them do all this stuff. And I'm not lying, this is what happens at their initiation. Now, do you think if somebody did that to you, it would kind of be like having something really big over that person? This is what, how the Illuminati and the evil people structure things. They will have all types of information on whoever they have in high office so that when, if, if that person ever gets out of line, they're very, they're very, very easy to threaten. Okay? Hey, listen, you get out of line, we're going to expose you. We're, you see all these, these guys that have been pegged lately as homosexuals in high office? This guy the other day in the airport that was tapping his foot, the senator that's, you know, trying to fight it now. And the guy last year that was um, uh, in Florida, that was basically, uh, he was found out, he was, he was um, pursuing that page guy, one of his pages. This is happening a lot, and I think a lot of times, these are sending messages out to the elite that, listen, if you get out of line, we have a very quick way of getting you back in line, because we control the media, and the media can make or break you and destroy you. So this is what we see a lot here. So, George Bush, skull and bonezer. Uh, Bush, uh, he was the one that got actually NAFTA created, okay, which got the ball rolling for the North American Union. At that point, our national sovereignty was trashed, but the American people were not told that, told that this was the bottom line result of the Congress approving NAFTA. When Congress voted to approve NAFTA in 1993, they were acting as the official representatives of the people. Therefore, you will never see a referendum in any state asking the people what they want. See, in other words, it's getting to the point where just their will is imposed on us. And so much of the time has nothing to do with any kind of voting system. And to be quite honest with you, the, the voting system in this country is totally rigged, um, especially at high levels. HBO had a, had a whole thing on this. I mean, home box office. Okay, you can go up on Google and watch it. It was actually pretty good. Um, where they have totally proven that the voting machines, particularly the electronic voting things, are so, so rigged and so easily rigged. The software is owned by totally corrupt people. If you go up to Vote Scam, actually, I don't even know Vote Scam. I think they took him off. But Alex Collier was a guy that started exposing this. And this, this goes all the way back to the 70s. And uh, he paid for this. They killed him. They knocked Alex Collier off. But his family's carrying on his work. It was called Vote Scam. You can go up there and probably watch that up on Google Video as well. And these diebold voting machines are just, they're a joke. So when people say, oh, bless God, don't you say anything unless you get down there and register and you vote, our votes don't mean a whole lot. I've heard that from the pulpit so many times, particularly in the uh, Baptist circles, you know, you, you know, don't you shut your mouth unless you get down there and vote. Your votes don't mean anything. It'd be one thing if they meant something, but they really don't. And what it is, is a gigantic diversionary tactic. I think Stalin was the one that said, basically, it doesn't matter, you know, um, what votes are being cast. All that matters is who's counting the votes. Okay? And that's true. Because if you're the one counting the votes, and you basically say what goes and, you know, who's, who does it tell them anything? So, this whole thing about this, uh, all the... Um, 
this fervor now about the Democratic and the Republican and, and all the stuff thing where we're leading up to the next presidency. To be quite honest, it's all been predetermined, okay, by by the by the higher ups in the Illuminati. They've already picked their men. Um, you can go back and look at George W. Bush and Clinton, and these men were groomed from a very early age to fulfill this responsibility. They're sold out, and a lot of it has to do with the bloodlines, too. They're very, very big on putting the right bloodline in office. And there's a whole book written on this called Bloodlines of the Illuminati by Fritz Sprigmeier. Fritz is in jail, um, and he did a whole book on this documenting all the different bloodlines of the different presidents in particular leading up to the modern age. And he, he goes way, way back, you know, two, three hundred years. So it's a very interesting thing. Um, so, if we go further, now concrete steps are being taken to change NAFTA from an economic nation into a political one. Following the example set by the European Union. See, we've already got this example in the European Union. They've already done this in one part of the planet. People say, oh, it can't be done. They've already done it over in Europe. They've already made a European super state. They've already got their one, one world currency over there. Well, what's that? It's called the Euro. Okay? And the Euro, if you've been looking at it as opposed to the dollar, the Euro is crushing the dollar. If you would have just put your monies in euros like, I don't know, four or five years ago, I don't know what you would gain, but it'd be quite a bit. People can't really afford to hardly take vacations over in Europe right now because the dollar is performing so poorly against the euro. And I believe the reason that is is because they want to set the example that these one-world currencies are going to be the stable, good currencies. Okay? Whereas the dollar, the dollar is going down the tubes right now. There's nothing back in the dollar. We've been off the gold standard since 1933. We've been off the silver standard since technically since 1968, which is when they start stop putting silver in, I think, the half dollars and the silver dollars. Um, there's nothing back in our money. There's nothing. It's like the paper. It's, it's just like they print paper. Okay? We perceive it to have value, but it's only our perception of that that basically gives it any... And there's other things that factor into that as well, because they denominate... Um, most of the oil reserves in the Middle East through the dollar, but that's starting to change as well. So that's a whole other subject that we could get into, um, but our dollar's being devalued almost by the day at this point. So a representative of the North Carolina DMV, which is, stands for Department of Motor Vehicles, admitted that this new holographic logo was the North American Union logo. Marge Howell, spokesman for the North Carolina DMV, affirmed to World Daily Net which is a pretty big, you know, uh, alternative news outlet, they, she admitted that the state was embedding a hologram of the North America on the back of its new driver's licenses. Well, that'd be pretty tough to conceal, anyway. <laughs> it's a security element that eventually will be on the back of every driver's license in North America, Howell told World Daily Net. So there, there you go. They're conditioning us constantly to accept this uh, North American Union. Indeed, the national security, the national ideas in view here. Now, what we're most likely going to have is a 10 super state world. Okay? The North American Union is going to be one of the 10 uh, horns that we're, what we're talking about in Revelation and Daniel. Okay? There's probably going to be one for South America. The European Union is going to be one horn. So this is, this is how it relates to the 10 horns that we were talking about in Daniel and Revelation. Okay? So if we go further, it's a security element that eventually... Okay, we already read that. Indeed, national security is in... Uh, the national idea is in view here. Six years ago, Cutting Edge Bookstore carried a series of videotapes from Michael Bunker, who spent years working in a large telecommunications company. 
Bunker warned very emphatically over and over again that the national idea had proven so unpopular amongst Americans that the Illuminati had tried to had decided to try a backdoor approach. Now remember what I said. If there's enough public outcry about any particular thing that the elitists are trying to implement, what ends up happening is, is they'll try some other approach that won't elicit such a negative response. Okay? Individual driver's licenses were to be gradually harmonized so that they could also function as a national ID card. See? They, they, they had, had this plan for six years. Okay, what better way to harmonize the, the North American Union, the national ID card, which is slated to be implemented May of next year, 2008, but they've got, I think, up to the year, I said this in the last thing, up to the year uh, 2012 or 2013 to have it fully implemented. So it's not like as of May of 2008 next year, May 11th, I believe is the exact date, that they're going to just all of a sudden make some news announcement, okay, you better get down to your DMV today and get your, your North American Union uh, national ID. It's not going to happen that way. It's going to be, again, gradual. But we are moving toward that, I guess is the whole point. They've given themselves, it seems to me, a five-year window in order to get this thing fully implemented. And hey, if it takes longer than that, it'll take longer than that. I don't think it probably will at this point. But again, what we're going to be having here is not only a North American Union driver's license, but we're going to have this eventually incorporated into the national ID card. Okay? Because Satan is very, very big about tracking people. This is what the whole mark of the beast is going to be. You receive it in your right hand and your forehead. They're going to be able to track you. It's going to have some type of GPS in it, okay? some type of microchip implant, most likely, that you won't be able to buy or sell, as the Bible says, and they're going to be able to track you. Okay? So it's going to be like having GPS on your car. There's going to be really nowhere to run, okay? unless you get rid of the chip. So this is something that... Um, and I think this is why God is so against numbering. You notice the, the time that, that David wanted to number his people. What God did, I mean, it was really, really, really severe. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people died. He gave David the choice. How, how do you want your punishment? Do you want it real, real quick? Do you want it the medium way? Or do you want it the long way? And David chose the quick way. But thousands and thousands of people died just because David numbered the people. Now, that's a whole other Bible study. But God is against this numbering thing. Okay, he has been for a long, long time. So, if we go further, uh, we are at the point of implementing this plan, and now we quote this NAFTA logo as a symbol of this entire effort. The next quote affirms the plan to use the highway departments as the unifying element of this plan. According to the group's website, AAMVA, their programs are designed to encourage uniformity and reciprocity among the states and provinces. The goal of the North American hologram, Howell explained, is to get one common element that law enforcement throughout the continent can look at, a, at on a driver's license and tell that the driver's license is in an official document. It'll be like Nazi Germany. Show me your papers. Okay? Each North American hologram... OVD foil is embedded with a unique set of control numbers numbers that permit law enforcement electronic scanners to identify the exact jurisdiction and the precise individual authorized to hold a driver's license or ID card. So we're talking about micromanagement control embedded into these new driver's licenses. Illegal aliens who get their driver's licenses or IDs in North Carolina are just being prepared for their admission into the North American driver's pool that 
that the North Carolina is at the vanguard of creating. Now, I just read an article the other day that North Carolina is one of the places that um, the illegal alien the illegal aliens flock to to get their driver's licenses. Okay, because the str- the standards there are less stringent. Okay, see, so can you imagine that you've got illegal aliens? They're actually going there and getting federally issued IDs from our government, and 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 our government's basically encouraging this, basically saying, "Yeah, come on, illegal aliens, get your get your national ID," because they're trying to grandfather them in right now anyway. I mean, they just made this push recently to to grandfather all the illegal aliens in and say, oh, listen, they're already here. We, we'll just make them legal. You know, I know, yeah, we let them pour across the border. We let them dilute our society and do all these things and, and bring diseases and crime and, and all this stuff. It's, that's, that's okay, but who would pick our tomatoes? You know, so they're already here. Let's just let them in, and uh, I tell you what, we're going to go ahead, North Carolina, we're going to use you as the pilot program. We're going to make your standards less stringent. We're going to have the illegal aliens flocking to North Carolina so that they can get their state-issued IDs. And what the heck, we're going to go ahead and put this North American logo embedded on the back because they're going to be the first ones we want to try this out on anyway. See, this is a conditioning tool. This is like a pilot test program in North Carolina, which is what we're dealing with here. So, of course, the entire plan is being sold on the premise of a greater peace and safety for all citizens of the United States and Canada and Mexico. See, it's for our own good. The sheeple people need protection, you know. So this is essentially what they're saying. Now, this next part, we're going to, we talked about this North Carolina driver's license, okay. Now we're going to talk about the Amero, which is the coming North American Union currency, okay. The Amero, now this effort to create... Uh, the North American Union as a political nation has now evidently extended to coinage, which is now being referred to as the Amero. This is from Hal Turner, uh, news brief. The Amero is real. I have one to prove it. Three weeks ago, this is a quote from Hal Turner's show. Three weeks ago, I published a brief snippet on the front page of my website reporting that the governments of the United States, Canada, and Mexico are conspiring in secret to merge the three nations into a new entity called the North American Union. There has been much talk on this various and internet blogs for over a year. Most of those blogs have, sm- have been smeared as conspiracy theorists. See, this is what they, they just, this blanket statement they make. You know, oh, this is just conspiracy theory, theory stuff. Oh, you're, you're just some nut, you know. I, I believe what, you know, Dan Brokaw and Dan Blather and all these other guys say, you know, I mean... I'm just going to arbitrarily believe what all the, the media is telling me. The media, for the most part, is totally owned through corrupt people. Rupert Murdoch, being at the highest one on the food chain, who is one of the most evil, reputed to be one of the most evil men on the planet. He also, coincidentally, owns HarperCollins. HarperCollins has the exclusive rights to Zonderfan. Zonderfan is the basically the one that holds the rights to make our NIV Bible. Okay, So you have the same people essentially that are publishing, um, another thing, HarperCollins also owns the rights to publish the Satanic Bible. So, the same company that owns the rights to Zonderfan also produces the Satanic Bible and all kind of other homosexual and blasphemous literature. And they also publish all the good Christian stuff through Zonderfan, who is also the one that publishes the NIV Bible, which has 64,098 less words than the King James Bible. Okay, just a little side note there. Um, if we go further, of course, the mainstream media will ignore the truth about NAFTA because they will realize many Americans 
will write, and really he, what they should be using here is the North American Union, because we've gone beyond NAFTA now. NAFTA is where it started, okay? Um, but we've really gone beyond that. So the media will ignore the truth about the North American Union because they realize many Americans will rightly understand that such a new nation will end the national sovereignty of this nation, as well as Canada and Mexico. Uh, the best way to discredit anyone who wants to publicize the truth is to slap the conspiracy theorist label on them. Well, I'm probably the chief then. Okay, I don't want to elevate myself any higher than I should, but I mean, I mean, this is... So, the thing is, is it's documentable. This isn't stuff that I have to go up and try to create. This is document. This is documented in the news here. Where I'm, all I'm really trying to do on a, on a weekly basis is report things that are already widely known if you just know where to look. But these new AmeriCoins prove conspiracy dating all the way back to the 1580s, which is why I pictured them, which is why I pictured our Secret Mysteries video, The New Atlantis, before we leave this issue of conspiracy, let us examine the classic definition of conspiracy. Now, David Bay has two different videos, uh, The New Atlantis and, I don't know, Riddles in Stone, okay, which talks about the architecture of Washington, D.C. And I believe that um, they're excellent videos. Uh, I've watched them, and uh, I've actually owned them. And if you really want to understand the conspiracy that goes all the way really back to Francis Bacon and um, a lot of these Illuminist guys that were in times of old, you really want to get these DVDs and watch them. Uh, you can probably go up on, um, on YouTube or Google and key in them and, and, and watch clips of the videos as well. I'm pretty sure they have clips of them up there as well. But this is from um, a book called The Unseen Hand by Ralph Epperson. And it says, the single acts of tyranny may be ascribed to the accidental opinion of a day, but a series of oppressions pursued unalterably through every change of minister, ministers to plainly prove a deliberate and systematical plan of reducing us to slavery. So again, this talks about the incrementalism that the people, the Illuminati, the people at the very, very top, will tend to impose on a nation in order to bring them into slavery. And it's, it's through in incrementalism. Slowly and surely, you know, a little bit at a time. So in other words, when you see a plan to oppress a people beginning at a point in distant time, and it is pursued unalterably through many changes of government leaders, you know you are looking at a conspiracy. These coins, and I'm looking at these coins now, they prove a linkage of this plan all the way back to Sir Francis Bacon and Queen Elizabeth I. As part of their New World Order scheme, They plan, the plan began in 1580. That really began since... You know, Satan fell from heaven. Yeah, Nimrod, yeah. Um, this is from uh, Secret Mysteries of America's Beginning. And I'm looking at these coins, and this first one is a, a gold coin. And it has a, a, a picture on it of a woman. And this uh, it's a goddess-type woman. She has a spear in her left hand. And she is seated on a... Uh, <laughs> I just noticed something else on this coin. She's seated on a... Uh, on like a little chair that says liberty underneath it. Okay, so see, this is how Satan comes. He comes viewed, wrapped in liberty and, and, and nationalism, and oh yes, you know, we're, this is a good thing. And then she has next to her a, um, it's called a fasci. You probably know what it is. Okay, which is where we get the word fascism from, which was what Mussolini was under Hitler. So simply, essentially fascism is like, when the church and the state come together in a corporate status, which is about what we have here now. 
and you have the church state ruling over over a society. But they've got a big fasci. There's a symbol for this, and it's a whole bunch of reeds tied together. And this fasci is next to her. She's holding a little torch. It's on a gold coin. And then on the flip side of the coin, it says, Union of North America, with a big eagle sitting, basically with, with his talons clasped, right over the North American continent. Okay. Now this is an actual coin that they've got right now. I mean, these are going to be commonplace soon enough. It's not like they're going to be able to hide this, you know. They're going to mint it as coinage. Uh, now let us examine these coins, but first we need to hear from Hal Turner as how he got the pictures of these coins. He says, What prompted my interest in this issue was money. I sent a professional... I was sent professional images of the actual Amero coins by someone in the U.S. Treasury. The person included a note saying that they like my radio show and are frightened by what's been going on in secret in our government. So this is actually, they got these, these images from someone in the U.S. Treasury. Please take a close look at the front side of the Amero 20 coin. Now that, again, this is, the, this is going to be the, the uh, North American Union currency. It's going to be called the Amero. Okay? And you will see... You will see Lady Liberty enthroned. A concept immortalized by the Illuminati as they incorporated Virgil's concept in their plan. Therefore, this lady goddess is shown sitting on the throne called Liberty. However, the sphere in the lady's left hand harkens back to the Sir Francis Bacon for the goddess of Athena, which was pictured as the spear shaker. When Athena is pictured, which is one of the goddesses of old, Okay, she is always pictured with a spear in her left hand. She was known as the spear shaker. Okay, and that was symbolic of her shaking the spear at ignorance. The whole thing of ignorance. Okay, so Athena was was this wonderful goddess. You know, all all, all it is is essentially a uh, you know demonic um, um, entity that was worshipped. Therefore, this coinage symbolism harkens back to 1580 to Sir Francis Bacon and Queen Elizabeth I, a period of 427 years. This means that the, this conspiracy to create a North American Union dates back to Sir Francis Bacon in the 1580s. Masonic author Manley P. Hall, 33rd degree Freemason, writes that the Masons and the Rosicrucians of the Baconian era, meaning the Francis Bacon, not only envisioned a North American Union, but a South American Union as well. Well, they're going to have that too. It's going to be one of the ten superstates. South American Union, North American Union. Okay. Uh, writing under the pseudonym Ardius, James Pricey issued part of the Papul Vul, which learned commentaries under the title The Book of the Azure Veil. This ran in Lucifer, a theo theosophical magazine between September of 1894 and February of 1895. Peirce suggests that the god Quizikel was known in Peru under the name of Amaru, from the later known as the word America. Okay, so Quizacal, which is really is the main deity of the Aztecs. Okay, so everybody throughout history had their different particular gods that they worshipped. Quizacal was the main deity of the Aztec religion. Okay, in in South, uh, well, actually, I think the Aztecs were in Mexico at the time, and Peru. Now, his name was also known as Ameru, Quizical. From the later, this is where we get the word America. So it actually is derived from this demonic god, Quizical. America is literally translated land of the plumed serpent. That's what Quizical was known as, the plumed serpent. Now, coincidentally, when I read this, 
it was very interesting because I've read a lot about Quizzical lately. Okay? Quizzical is also the deity that if you, you, you're going to hear a lot about this in the next few years if you haven't already. And again, you're never going to hear this in the standard churches. Okay? But essentially, what there's this, there's this big fervor okay, in the New Age circle about this ending of the Mayan calendar. Okay, I believe it occurs December 21st, and I, you know, you've even got the actual time, which supposedly what the Mayans said is that this is the time when Quizzical, the plumed spirit, is going to come back to the earth, and basically it's going to be the end of this dispensation or whatever. I don't know. But I know that sounds crazy, but in New Age circles, they're taking this incredibly, incredibly seriously, in witchcraft circles. And we know that according to Daniel... The Bible says that the Antichrist will cause craft to prosper in his hand. The one world, the essence of the new one world religion that we're going to have. We're going to have a one world super state, essentially, eventually. We're going to have a one world religion, a one world currency, the whole nine yards. And the religion of the one world that the Antichrist will rule over for a short time will, in its, in its purest essence, be witchcraft. This is why Daniel says that the Antichrist will cause craft to prosper in his hand. This is why all the kitties are being brainwashed with Harry Potter right now. And all of the witchcraft stuff, the secret that we've talked about, you know, that's basically white witchcraft repackaged. So, um, this quizzical returning at the end of the Mayan calendar, I just thought that that was kind of noteworthy in there. And, and this is where we actually get the word America from quizzical. The plume serpent uh, uh, god or whatever. Um, so, it's just kind of an interesting thing there. So this, this next quote was from the Masonic general Simon Bolivar in 1823 and reveals that the Freemasons view both North and South America as separate national entities. The vision which the great liberator Bolivar left to his people can be estimated from a few quotations. America is not a problem, neither it, is it a fact. Neither is it a fact. It is the highest and most irrefutable assignment of destiny. In a document dated 1829, the Liberator wrote, I have achieved no other good than independence. The nations I have founded will, after prolonged and bitter agony, will go into eclipse, but later will emerge as states of one great republic, America. So in other words, this guy Boulevard back in the, you know, 1829 said that these states... The, both the, the Americas are going to re- emerge as one great republic. So this has, been, this has been prophesied for a long time in occult circles. Therefore, since the Illuminati conceived of both the North and the South America becoming separate giant governments in their own right, it is very logical that these coins would feature Francis Bacon's goddess of Athena, the Lady Liberty sitting on her throne and holding the distinctive Baconian, Francis Bacon, when they say Baconian, Baconian spear in her left hand. She is the spear shaker. She's shaking her spear at the plight of ignorance. And she also has a big fasci, which is, which is basically what we're also going to be going into, fascism, next to her. But see, if you're not educated on these issues, you'll look at the coin and say, oh, that's a pretty coin. Next question. You know, and this is why the Bible talks about we can be destroyed for lack of knowledge. The Bible clearly predicts it. Jesus said, if it be possible, the very elect would be deceived in the very end times. And that there would be many um, p- 
people, I mean, the, the Bible says that if Satan can be transformed into an angel of light, it's no marvel that his ministers can be transformed into ministers of righteousness. So this is where we're at right now. We have a lot of people saying, oh, no, don't worry about it. We're ministers of righteousness. We're here for your own good. Don't worry about that conspiracy theory stuff, even though it's clearly predicted in the Bible. Even though God, even though God himself said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that he would be the one that would send the strong delusion, that they would believe a lie, that they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth. God is going to be the one that's sending the strong delusion. Because the essentially what we're having here is there's a weeding out process that is going on. The Bible talks about that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Okay? And that judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. Okay? So this is the time that we're moving into. The Bible talks about in Revelation 3 where we're in the Laodicean church era where they're neither hot nor cold but they're, but they're blind, wretched, weak, weak, naked. And yet they think they're in need of nothing. And that's the state of the modern day church. They're blind and they're wretched and they're naked and they're weak. And yet they think they're in need of nothing. And that's where we're at right now. And what we're going to be seeing here is a separation of God's true remnant in the apostate church. Okay, because God is not just going to let you be lukewarm forever. You're going to have to choose this day whom ye will serve, as Joshua talked about. Okay, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So this is the attitude we, we must take. And God is going to put, I believe, Christians in that position where they're going to have to make up their mind. Okay, one way or another. Most of them are going to choose the broad road, which leadeth to destruction. Which really is going to just basically show them to be the type of people they were, they were all along which were people that really, really didn't have any real love or real zeal or desire for the Lord Jesus Christ. These are people that were kind of in it because, you know, hey, we go to church on Sunday and we get a little bro cream religion, a little dabble do ya, you know, and we can go there and, and hear our sermonette snippet and, uh, you know, live like the devil in between. And, you know, no, we don't have the fruit of the Spirit operating or emanating in our life. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance. No, we don't have none of that. No, when we sin, there's really no chastening on our lives. But the Bible says that whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, you're bastards, which is an illegitimate son. They don't have any conviction of sin. But see, this is the fulfillment of 1 Timothy 4.1, where it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Well, we're in the latter times. And they're departing from the faith in droves. Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Where is the modern day lukewarm church giving most heed to the, to the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils? Why? They're getting it in the churches. Because the pastors aren't preaching the truth. Or if they are, they're preaching a little grain of truth and they're leaving everything else out. And the Bible talks about a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Leaven is always a type of sin. There's so much leaven in the churches now that it's basically taken over the churches. Okay, These 501c3 corporate churches of the state that got their right to exist through the state, through the Internal Revenue Service, they're reading the wrong Bibles, they got their Christian rock going, they have no morality, no standards, anything goes... This is what we get in, in the modern day church. And the Bible says, and my people love to have it so. And my people love to have it so. I believe it says that in Isaiah when it talks about the apostasy that, that we're dealing with right now. So the Bible predicted it was going to happen. Wherefore come out from among her, be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and you will be my children. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18. 
Wherefore, come out from among her and be not partakers of her plagues, my children. Come out. This is what God's telling you to do. If you know better, you need to act on it. Well, I don't know. I just think I might stay in it for a little bit longer. See if anything maybe might change. I don't think it's going to change. I don't think it's going to change. These, these churches in and of themselves are not going to just all of a sudden one day and wake up and say, well, bless God, I think I'm going to stop being apostate. And uh, I'm going to get right with God. No, most likely that's not going to happen. It's like they've already been boiled. They're already like the frog that's already in a rolling boil of, of water. Now, some of them hopefully will wake up. Okay? I pray to God they do. The Bible says that it's God's will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. These are things that we need to be praying for on people that are caught up in these systems. We need to be praying for the brethren, making intercession for them, fasting, praying for these types of situations. Um, and um, trust me, there's only a remnant that's doing this at this point. Now, the other people that are praying about these types of issues, that are, that are caught up in this lukewarm mess in the, in the corporate church, and they're reading the wrong Bible, and they're doing all their other stuff. How can God hear their prayers? How is that possible? The Bible says in Psalm 66, verse 18, it says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But that's all that goes on in the modern day church in America. They're regarding iniquity, which is basically sin, in their heart. And when you do that, the heavens will be as brass. The Lord will not hear you. Okay? There's no fear of God in the churches, because that's not preached on either. And the Bible says, The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear Him. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of understanding. All these things, it's the beginning of knowledge. There's more blessings connected with the fear of the Lord than just about any other thing in the Bible. And the Bible, and, the, and then God talks about who that He chooses to dwell with, and who that He will choose to hear. And it's they that be of a contrite and a meek spirit, and that trembleth at My word. Isaiah sixty six. So when you go before the Lord, are you coming before Him with a contrite, which is a humble and a meek spirit, and do you tremble at His word? Oh no, God's a God of love. He would never do anything bad to me. I can live like the devil. He still loves me. The homosexuals even say this much. I'm not saying God doesn't love homosexuals, but what I'm saying is, is you cannot expect to stay in your sin and live like the devil and shake your fist at God and expect it to be primrose and roses when this life is over. You're going to plunge into hell and you're going to burn in hell forever. You're saved by grace, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Salvation is a whole other issue. Okay? And, and, and it's an issue I don't have time to get into right here. Okay? But suffice it to say, you get saved through the Lord Jesus Christ, through His death, burial, and resurrection, through what He did on the cross, through the sinless life that He lived, through the sin debt that He paid for us, through His shed blood. Okay? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray if there's anybody listening to this broadcast this day that they get saved. And if they don't understand the full implications on how to get saved, just please email me. And I'll get you this information. Um, I try to include links on salvation in most of what I put out as well. So they can always click on a link and it can walk them through the whole salvation plan. But the thing that you have to understand is if you truly, truly get saved and the Holy Spirit is truly, truly living inside you, there will be a change in you. You're not just going to keep living like the devil or have no conviction of sin. The Bible says, Behold, you're a new creature. All things have 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay, so there should be a change in your life. These people that, that live like the devil in these lukewarm churches and have no conviction of their sin, it, it hearkens me to 1 Timothy 4.1 where it says, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. But it doesn't seem as though their conscience works anymore. They're living like the devil, yet there's no conviction of sin. That's a dangerous position to be in. Very dangerous. Because once you get your conscience seared, only the Lord could unsear it. That's, that's the truth. So, we go back to this article here. And this symbol, now we're going back to this another coin here. This is another coin. Uh, there's not just one, there's, there's several. This is for, I guess, a hundred Ameros. This symbol clearly links the creation of the Amero coin of NAFTA to Sir Francis Bacon. Note the front head of the coin depicts a Native American Indian with the name of Jamestown above his head. The date of the Jamestown is 1607. And it appears to the right. Now I'm looking at this coin now. Beautiful coin. It has this picture of, uh, I don't know, some Indian lady. Um, and this is, uh, it has Jamestown. And on the, on the flip side of the coin, again, it has this eagle with, that's pictured above the, uh, the picture of the continent of the North America. And he's got things clenched in his talons. It looks like he's got lightning bolts clenched in his talons. Wow. He's got, looks like two lightning bolts clenched in his right talon and olive leaves in his left. Now the olive leaves are typically representative of peace. We're going to have, we're going to have peace. This is how the man of sin is going to come. He's going to come uh, with a bow. The Bible refers to him in, refer in Revelation with a bow without arrows. This is, he's going to come as a man of peace. He, I can make peace with all the nations, these type of things. And the lightning bolt is kind of an interesting reference because the Bible talks about it beheld Satan falls lightning you know, from the heavens when he fell. And lightning bolts are always symbolic of uh, typically evil. Um, it's, that's the symbol of the SS and the Nazis. Lightning bolts is really how we get the SS symbol. So lightning bolts are usually associated with things when you see them uh, in the occult. And you've got this big, big eagle over the North American uh, continent on this coin here. So this is a Native American Indian and with the, with the name Jamestown over her head. As we explained in the video, the New Atlantis, the Jamestown expedition of 1607 was designed primarily to determine exactly where the 77th Meridian North Ley Line was. Now, this is something I don't have time to get into today, but just suffice it to say, people that are in heavily involved in the occult are highly superstitious, and they do a lot of their things based on astrology. They do a lot of their things based on... Um, where they build things on different meridians that are on the earth, latitude, longitude, a lot of it has to do with where they will actually erect certain buildings. Okay, And um, they believe that there's power in this, and I believe this may be some of the, um, the wisdom that the fallen angels that fell from heaven gave mankind in Noah's day. Okay, And it was further imparted to them, most likely at the Tower of Babel with Nimrod. Okay? This, these, are, these are things that the fallen angels showed humanity and mankind about the occult. Okay? When you get into the occult, and when you get into witchcraft and these types of things, people don't just do this because there's no benefit to it. I mean, there's, there's things that they gain and garner by getting in, into the occult. And this is why they do it. So just don't think they're just doing it for just to put on a good show. So, for this reason... Um, no, we'll go a little further here. The plans for the North American Union 
are very old, 427 years to be exact. These coins prove one of the greatest examples of conspiracy one could possibly imagine. Now, the last part of this is um, entitled The Premeditated Merger. Mexican trucking rigs are hitting the U.S. pavement today. Now, I don't know if any of you knew this, but um, uh, this was just September 7th, okay, so just a couple days ago, by Jerome Corsi. Trucks owned by the Mexican trucking companies and piloted by Mexican drivers um, are scheduled to hit the pavement today, okay, which was, when this was written was Friday. Uh, this is according to Oregon Congressman. U.S. Representative Peter DeFazo of Oregon late yesterday said that the critics call the Bush administration's stealth plan to allow Mexican long-haul trucking rigs to run on North American roads through the United States is being launched. The Bush administration has indicated to me that tomorrow Friday they will open the U.S. border to 100 Mexican domicile trucking companies. This is a sad day for America. And again, just one more example of our government letting these illegal not illegal trucking companies, but illegal aliens into this country to dilute this country, to basically defile, you know, this country. I mean, do you realize that most of the illegal aliens that we're getting are criminals from those states? A lot of them are. Because what better place to, to flee than a place that is not even going to police you if you're a criminal in your own country? What better place to come? Do you ever see, like, when they do these prostitution stings in the paper, do you ever see that most of the people that are actually, that they're, that they're nailing in these prostitution stings, you can't even pronounce their name because they're, they're Mexicans or they're, or they're from these... Um... Now, listen, I'm not prejudiced. I'm being factual here. If I had invaded their country, it would be just as wrong for me to do it, so I'm not holding them to a higher accountability than I would ever hold myself. Try to do this in Mexico. Go down to Mexico as an American. And try to go down there illegally. And see what would happen. Okay? But see, our, this is predetermined. This is predetermined in order to usher in this North American Union. Because what they're going to do is say, Hey, listen. These, these, these Mexicans and the Guatemalans and the Honduras people, they're already here. We can't get them out. Yes, we let them in. We don't really have a fence up on the borders. And, and yeah, we don't really patrol the borders. And yes, we've let them in. That's true. But... They're already here. Why don't we just do this, guys? Why don't we just form this North American Union? We'll just erase the borders to Canada and, and Mexico. Hey, they're already here. Now we don't have to expel them. We'll all be one big happy family. You know, what's not to like? So this is the, this, this is the thing. And this is one more thing where they're allowing Mexican truck drivers to come and take American jobs from the truckers Okay, they're going to come in here with their basically uninspected truck rigs. They're, uh, we're going to read about this. I don't want to say too much. I, I'm going to let this article speak for itself. So DeFazo's anger was evident in the statement. So this is an Oregon uh, representative who's pretty angry about this. He says, this administration is H-E-L-L bent on opening our borders, DeFazo said, but has failed to require that Mexican drivers and trucks meet the same safety standards and security standards as U.S. truck drivers. Again, it's like the Mexicans and the people that come from those states always get a free pass. They're not ever held to the same accountability that we're held, yet they're illegal. The illegal aliens, they're illegal. And, and, and people talk about, oh, well, well, they have rights and this and that. You know what it boils down to? It boils down to the fact that they're illegal. They're not supposed to be here. Therefore, what rights does that really give them? That what they should do... I was just seeing this the other day. They're having this big thing out at our local place here, the Civic Center. This big, big, big Mexican 
uh, concert with all these Mexican bands, you know, and they, they advertised it in the paper. And I, I told my, my daughter the day, I said, you know what would be really good is if they got everybody in there. And basically, then they just started checking all the green cards and their IDs. And anybody that didn't have it, you're right on a bus and you're going back to Mexico. Right? In fact, it would be good if they did a coordinated effort across America. Did it in one day. They're legal. We couldn't get away with this if we went to their country. But no, it's okay for them to come here. Because who would pick our tomatoes, as they typically say. So then we go further. It says... Um, this is this congressman. He says, that's simply unacceptable. He continued, the administration is essentially adopting a faith-based paper system without adequate protection for public safety. Executive Vice President Todd Spencer of the, of the Owner-Operator Independent Drivers Association told World Daily Net earlier the White House has pursued a stealth strategy in launching the Department of Transportation's Mexican truck demonstration product. What do you mean stealth? Well, it's like the stealth bomber. It comes in and you can't see it, okay? They're not going to announce it on the news. They're, it's basically something that, that, you know, they're acting as though it doesn't exist. Now, Lou Dobbs has spoken about this. He has video clip after video clip after video clip of this whole North American Union. You can go up and click key in Lou Dobbs on Google Video or whatever, and you can get your boat loaded there, okay? So it has been reported in some of the media outlets. But um, this stealth strategy is what we were talking about earlier. The, the, the process of, of incrementalism. Hey, we'll just put the hologram on the North Carolina driver's license first. We'll get the, the sheeple conditioned. And then, you know, then we'll do it to everybody. This is the same thing. They're not going to announce it. They're just going to do it, implement it very low key, no fanfare, no ribbon cutting session. And then by the time you find out about it, it's already too late. It's been going. You know, so, And then it says, we are confident that the White House decided long ago every aspect of how up to 100 Mexican trucking companies are going to be allowed to run their long-haul rigs anywhere in the United States. Spencer told World Daily Net, but the American public and Congress are being intentionally kept in the dark. World Daily Net broke the news that the DOT Mexican truck, de Mexican truck demonstration project was scheduled to start early this month. Uh, statements by the Mexican Transportation Secretary, Luis Telez, um, announced that 37 Mexican trucking companies had satisfactorily met DOT requirements for participating in the test, and the start date was scheduled September 1st. This has already passed. World Daily Net continues to experience difficulties getting any response out of the Bush administration. For weeks, World Daily Net has called and left messages for spokeswoman Melissa Delaney of the Federal Motor Carrier Administration and spokeswoman... Um, and spokeswoman Madeline Cholmovich at the Department of Transportation without receiving any return phone calls. In other words, these people are being totally, totally, totally ignored. Which is standard procedure. When cornered, when questioned about anything that maybe they could be exposed on, they just shut up. I guess they took their Fifth Amendment rights. They don't have to tell us anything. You know, Who are we to question their authority? Spencer charged the White House has intentionally pursued a strategy designed to keep Mexican truck demonstration project below the radar to avoid public outcry on talk radio and internet. Um, the White House does a much better job keeping Mexico informed than the U.S. Or, our, or the Congress, Spencer said pointedly. Since March, we have credible reports that the Bush administration has been telling groups in Mexico that the one-year pilot program is merely a formality. 
Bush administration officials are willing to say in Mexico that once the one year has elapsed, the border will be wide open to all Mexican trucks. Hey, come on, come all. Spencer charged the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration is making up the rules as they go along. That's what our government does anymore. Just about every facet of our government, they just pretty much make up the rules as they go. There's no doubt in my mind that the Bush administration is trying to manage the news so that the Mexican truck issue does not explode on the American public like the Dubai ports or the Kennedy-McCain Comprehensive Immigration Reform Bill did. See, if they can keep it so we don't know about it, then there's not going to be a whole lot of public outcry. So they're just being as deceptive as they possibly can in order to keep it away from us. Why is the Bush administration preparing to visit visa preparing to issue visas to Mexican drivers for six months. Spencer asked, now this is the congressman, this is the first guest worker program. Whether the White House wants to admit it or not, Canadian drivers don't have to have visas, so why would Mexican drivers have to have a visa, especially a visa valid for six months? So this is the very, very beginning of really, really making it official that these people are here, yes, as guest workers, but that's all going to be done away with soon enough, and they're going to be the real deal. They're going to have carte blanche to come into this country and, you know, drive and do whatever they want to do. And don't you see how this makes it so much easier to implement the North American Union? Because they've created this gigantic problem with the illegal immigration, now with the Mexican truck drivers and who knows what else. And the solution to the problem, which they're also going to have, is the North American Union. Okay? So that way everybody's one big happy family. Unfortunately, we will be back here in the near future addressing this issue again, DeFazo predicted. But tragically, that will be after someone has been killed on a U.S. highway by a Mexican truck driver. Um, Representative Nancy Boda of Kansas told the press conference her office was getting many calls from constituents who were asking, why are the Mexican trucks being allowed to cross the border now, and who's benefiting? High government's benefiting, and they're benefiting by also pushing their, their draconian agendas. Roger Messman of the OOIDA truck driver, a OOIDA truck driver from Nampa, Idaho, told World Daily Net, quote, we've got to stop this Mexican truck nonsense now. It's bad enough we've outsourced many of our good paying manufacturing jobs to Mexico. So see, that's another thing that we've done through NAFTA, through GATT. We've outsourced a lot of our, of our um, jobs to these places where, you know, they pay them pennies on the hour. So what it's done is taken away all kind of American jobs. What is, what is the plan here? Why are they doing all this? Because what they're trying to do, in essence, is to create a third world country environment in America. Why would they want to do that? They are trying to destroy the middle class of America. It's been long known, if you study in the occult circles, that the middle class of America was one of the only things standing between the implementation of the, of the arisal of the Antichrist and the New World Order. Where there was also still a vestige of Christianity in, in middle class America, uh, which that's been pretty much diluted and, and pretty much taken away now as well. So, if they can destroy the middle class of America and turn us into slaves, because that's how the Illuminati wants things. They want the ultra, ultra rich elite up here, and then they want all the sheeple people slaves down here. They're trying to do that to America, and this is one of the main reasons they're doing this illegal immigration thing, diluting our countries, taking, uh, taking away uh, manufacturing jobs, uh, all the other things that they're doing. They're, they're giving all these benefits to these illegal aliens that are coming in here that, that American citizens don't even have. It's unbelievable. So, now Mexico wants to be able to distribute their goods back up here again and take away more of our jobs, this time in the trucking industry. 
<laughs> and the government gives its nod every time. If the DOT succeeds in this travesty, we need to remind congressional leaders that both they and the American public have clearly spoken against this action. We need to remind the Bush administration that funding for the new fiscal year is upon us. I'll bet, I don't think they're going to be able to threaten them with that, but... Um, Another person, this guy named Kevin Egley, as a U.S. citizen and a 20-year veteran, I am very, very angry that the American public has spoken and the DOT is ignoring Congress and the desires of the U.S. citizens. Egley said, who, who does DOT report to? And why are they not stopping this illegal action? It is a coup within our government and needs to be stopped right now. Earlier, World Daily Net reported an audit delivered to the Congress on August 6th and released to the public late in August, documenting not a single certified drug or alcohol testing laboratory exists in the entire country of Mexico. Right now, Mexican drivers are submitting specimens to U.S. drug and alcohol certified testing facilities, but without any reliable validation that the specimens even came from the Mexican drivers submitting them. In other words, it would be like the Tour de France. When they come in and they try to dope, they, they, they'll, they'll go in there and they'll give a urine sample. It's not even their urine sample. <laughs> so, oh yeah, we're going we're gonna to police the Mexican truckers, make sure they're not high as a kite on whatever they're smoking or injecting or doing. And, um, but there's no way to even make, make, make uh, tests right now that these specimens even came from the Mexican drivers. And there's not a single certified drug or alcohol testing laboratory that exists in the whole entire country of Mexico. So these are the type of people that are going to be getting on all our road systems. Okay? And I guarantee you, when they start killing people because of the way they're driving and because of the broke-down, dilapidated vehicles, you're not going to see it in the news. Oh, no. Maybe the local news, but it'll never make it to the national scene because that would not fulfill the North American Union agenda. World Daily Net has also reported DHS and FMSCA, I don't know what all these things stand for, have no way of knowing for certain whether or not Mexican truck drivers applying for participation in the DOT's proposed test have criminal histories or trouble driving records with traffic convictions. So we don't know what kind of criminal histories these guys have. Or and if they've got any uh, trouble driving records, traffic convictions. But this is the same thing just like all the illegal aliens that come into this country. The worst of the worst. We don't, we don't verify them either. We just kind of let them in. Oh, well, if they, can get, if they can manage to get some kind of fake ID before they cross over the, um, the American border, which is, which is a whole, a whole um, industry there. In these border towns, it's the whole industry set up to get these guys fake IDs. How do you think? I mean, once they get here, oh, they got their fake whatever. And uh, that's how they end up working here a lot of times. The problem is that Mexico mandates no reliable national criminal database or driving history database against the... Um, against these other things that they check them against. Now, this thing called FAST, as created under the Security and Prosperity Partnership of North America, would enable Mexican trucks carrying loads of consumer goods in the United States to cross the border in as little as 15 seconds, according to government officials setting up the procedures. Physical inspections of the truck trailers or shipment containers are kept to a minimum in order to keep congested traffic moving at the border. So there's no inspection of the trucks either. Well, what would that mean? Hmm, I wonder if they could just like be smuggling in a whole bunch of drugs. 15 second inspections? All it is is a visual inspection to make sure the tire's not going to fall off the truck. <laughs> That's all it is. So this is what we have. And again, we have this whole set of standards that are applied to the Mexicans and the illegal aliens coming here 
that are totally lax and loose. You know, it's almost like anything goes. But an American is micromanaged. A, a true American here is micromanaged in every phase of their life. World Daily Net has reported in the trial of Border Patrol agents Ignacio Ramos and Jose Campion, the, def the defense attorney Mary Stingler proved the drug smuggler in the case, which was a, a Mexican illegal alien, held a valid commercial driver's license on fe February 17, 2005, the date of the incident. Now, this is interesting. I don't know if you heard of these, these two Border Patrol agents who were patrolling our border and shot a Mexican illegal alien drug smuggler in the act. They shot him. What happened to them? Because they were patrolling the border and they were doing their job. What happened to these two guys? Well, they are currently in federal prison. Serving sentences of 11 and 12 years respectively. There's been this big gigantic national outcry to get these men released. They were doing their job. They shot a, a drug smuggler during a drug smuggling thing at the border. And they get thrown in federal prison. And our government will not let them out, no matter what the public outcry has been. They're going to be punished, because we don't want to send this type of message in regard to the illegal aliens. You know, they have as much right to be here as we do, evidently. Even more, because they have more rights than we have. So, um, this guy was trying to smuggle 750 pounds of, of marijuana across the border. But, you know, we, we're going to throw the guys that... They didn't kill him, but he was shot. This is the kind of, of, the Bible says, woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. And that's the, that's, the, that's the place that we're living right now. We're in a society that is totally and wholly calling evil good and good evil. And this is why this ministry exists, is to shed light on that evil. Because darkness hates light. And the Bible says that my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And these are things that um, are out there that we need to be made uh, aware of. So now we're going to go to part two of our, of our lesson for today. Um, God bless you and we'll see you in part two.